0: Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 028 223. Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan.
1: again to the Eye on the Ball. This is your host Elaine Ingram. For this week's episode I caught up with a unique father and daughter duo Jerry and Lauren Murray who are the only father and daughter referees in any sporting discipline in the country. They spoke to me about the trials and tribulations of refereeing and also about their love of the job and how times have changed over the years. Lauren has been refereeing for 10 years and Jerry for 12. He has no intentions of quitting anytime soon and Lauren, who refereed the IFA Women's Final last year, hopes to continue her career and take it even further. We also caught up with um, Bestbrook United manager Ben Trainer and Mindwell FC manager David Dawson after the two teams played out a 2-all draw a couple of weeks ago um, in Orier Park. But first up, let's have a listen to what Lauren and Jerry had to say. So I'm here with um, Jerry Murray and his daughter Lauren, who are two um, Middlestar referees, which is, um, I believe, the only father and daughter referee pair in the country. Is that correct, Jerry?
2: Yeah, as far as I'm aware, there's no other father and daughter referee at in any code that I'm aware of.
1: Yeah, it's really unusual. I mean, you'll hear a lot of father and sons, uh, you know, as such. But father father and daughter is definitely very strange. And how, how long have you been refereeing yourself?
2: I, I'm refereeing 12 years now. I was still I still played football in mid and Division 1 up until I was 47. And then I decided it was time to put a wee bit back into the game.
1: And how long did you how long or who did you play for when you played your, when you played football? The
2: bulk of the football that I would have played was for a side called White City who would have been Division One in those days. I'd left twice, maybe twice to go to another club but always came back.
1: And what was your what position did you play there?
2: Initially when I was young I started up front and as I got older I moved further and further <laughs> back. So I left before that I was asked to do goals. Okay, so right. Ended up playing
1: centre half. Lord, how did you um, get roped in or get involved in refereeing?
3: Uh, I think just it was, obviously, uh, my dad was doing it, but at that time, uh, me and my now husband were both involved in a midnight soccer tournament. So we were refereeing the wee mini games at it. So we had to actually have the qualification to be able to do that for insurance purposes. So it was after that then that I was obviously asked to do, to start doing proper games as such. So I think really the start of it was just uh, supposed to be just for maybe a short time, and then it has ended up being ten years now.
1: <laughs> ten years, well, yeah. that's a long time. And you refereed the final, the um, the ladies' final last year.
3: Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. And how
1: how did that go? Yeah, it went well. Um,
3: obviously being in uh, the National Football Stadium here, um, was a good privilege. Obviously to get asked to referee in it, a uh, big stage in front of a lot of people, and the game couldn't have went better. Um, and. Thankfully, everything went smoothly and nobody was talking about me afterwards, which is always a good sign. Yeah, that's what, that's what every,
1: every referee wants, isn't it? When you, you're, you're not noticed.
3: Exactly, yeah. Whenever you're noticed and uh, the media is talking about you, it's not a good thing, obviously. So it's good to sort of just fall into the background and just be there as part of the game. Obviously, the game needs us and it's good to be able to officiate in a way then that people don't even re- remember that you were there nearly.
1: And have you? is it only um, women's games football that you've refereed or have you ever done any men's? No, I currently uh, referee in the Mid-Ulster Intermediate League as well. So um, I do
3: that. Obviously, that usually runs in our winter um, season. And then the ladies football usually is played in the summer season. So most of the other referees who don't referee in it would be having their break during the summer. But I end up going all year round
1: okay well that's very dedicated of you
3: <laughs> just means you don't you know we get um we take the july fortnight usually the league the ladies league games are sort of fixed in around having that two-week break so generally that would be the only two-week break that i would get um throughout the year so i just go from the main season straight into the ladies season um, so it can be challenging at times obviously fitting everything in but um i suppose it's just enjoyment and that's why i continue to do it
1: and have you found that there's much, do you find that there's much difference between the men's and the ladies in terms of refereeing games? Is there is there a lot of difference? Um, I
3: suppose probably the best way to, to maybe describe it is sometimes um, at the ladies' football, you tend to get more dissent, or I do anyway. I'm not sure if it's just because at the men's, most of the men don't really challenge me and I don't know whether they don't really challenge me because I'm a female and they sort of feel like nearly they don't want to like it's not right whereas obviously whenever I'm at the women's um for them I'm just another girl like them and yeah. they do ch- tend to challenge more sometimes
1: yeah that's what I was going to ask you because um yeah the, the difference between you know the way a man would view I've only ever been at one game I think where there was a female referee in one soccer game and and I wondered that at the time that men somehow seem to be a little bit better behaved but I know that sounds really, yeah. it's probably not intentional. It's probably just, you know, yeah. it's just because they're not used to they're not used to having women officiate. And that's just the way it is, I guess.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, that is exactly it. You know, I think um, especially I would find more so when I would go to new teams, like, you know, that aren't in Middlestar. So even cup games and things, or if I was sent to officiate in a different league, the sort of sometimes be, you know, a wee bit more conscious nearly of it being a female that's there. Um, certainly in the Mid-Ulster Intermediate League I think I've refereed all the intermediate teams now at this stage and they're just used to me now so that, to them it's not strange anymore it's just run of the mill it's it's one of those things um, so I suppose it's just everybody's perspective on it but I know even you know away from refereeing, nine times out of ten a man won't challenge a woman and that's just the way, I suppose that's human nature nearly um, so I do find then that the women have no problem in challenging me you know, so they will. Yeah. You know, if you have a problem, they do challenge you. But, um, thankfully, I don't really get too much, you know, dissent or any problems. Really, nine times out of ten, everything goes smoothly. Yeah. The way I'm, that we we'll want it to.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. Um, things like you know, I'm thinking of other sports. Um, snooker is one sport where there's been women refereeing for quite a while. And I think I noticed at the beginning. I don't know if you watch snooker, but at the beginning when they started having women ref- referees in it was definitely the same sort of thing where that not that there is many ch- much challenges in snooker, but they seem to have a bit more of a, a deference to them, you know, and then um, they kinda, it kind of, it seems that they got used to it after a while. So maybe, maybe there's a, a there's a need for more female referees playing, you know, yeah, refereeing absolutely. men's games. Yeah.
3: Yeah, no, I think, you know, as it, you know, there is obviously when I started, there was a uh, very few of us. There still is very few, but um we now have a couple more. So it just means that you can see it, you know, Sometimes a lot of we get females doing the course, uh, especially females that are still playing football, but then they actually don't referee. So you, you nearly think that your numbers, you have lots of these females, but they're not actually active. So it would be good to see a few more active. Um, and obviously the more females that there are, the more the teams will just, um, especially teams coming through, you know, from youth, um, they'll just see it as being normal. They'll not have seen any difference. Whereas obviously people who have been playing football a lot longer um, that haven't been
1: used to it, it's nearly more of a shock to for them yeah. than for the youth teams. Yeah, that's true. And that's for you, Jerry. um, in, uh, you know, talking about not getting not getting abuse. Have you found uh, how, how do you find it in terms of, you know, the, the <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in the news lately about referees getting getting abuse. How uh, do you find do you have much of that in mid
2: No, well, when I started refereeing, I purposely set out my stall not to accept abuse. Which resulted in My first five games, I had 11 straight red cards. I just kept getting rid of players if they were abusive, if they were offensive. Um, And the message got through very, very quickly. And I ended up going to games and people said nothing. They played the football and they got on with the game. And I actually got to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, so So it's like sending out a message early. It's like nipping it in the bud in case there's going to... Just let them know that you're not taking any nonsense. Yeah,
2: you you would always explain to the teams before the start of the game what you expected in terms of behaviour. And if they listen to you, then it's great. The game goes really well for the the football teams and for the referee. If they don't listen to you, I mean, the sent off on the next two weeks... They're standing on the line while their mates are playing football. And it gives them time to reflect and to say, was it a, a, the right thing to do? So, by and large, I have very, very little discipline problems in mid football, thankfully.
1: Yeah, it was suggested to me actually um, recently by um, one of the Carmbane League managers that a way of stopping, because, you know, some referees do get, a, get abuse, you know, and even if you do stop it, it still does happen. And he said, like one one easy way of doing it is that you know, not giving a yellow and then a second yellow for dissent, just a straight red for any referee abuse. Full stop, and then a ban of maybe five games, and then that that would quickly stop it because it's not it's not um, acceptable.
2: Yeah, well, th- there is a difference. Dissent is is a caution. Yeah. Dissent is fine, but when someone goes beyond that, and it becomes abusive, offensive, insulting towards a referee. Then you get rid of them. There's no place for that in the game. So that is, under the laws of the game, that is a red card offence. When you step over that line. And after you've been refereeing for a while, if someone starts to give a bit of dissent, you nearly know to nip it in the bud quickly. Because if you don't, they get away with it once or twice, then it progressively gets worse. And you know there's a red card down the line for that person. So you step in, Bang the yellow yard on them, they tend to they tend to pull the horns in, and they the realise if they do it again they're going to be sent off. So, long may it continue that the players, it's certainly in Mid Ulster, I think that they're as regards discipline, I think they're very good.
1: Yeah, do you think that's that that's, uh, attitude that attitude has come with experience, you know, over the years, or have you had any have you had any bad experiences that that led to you you know refereeing in that way?
2: I really, really only one bad had experience that I had when I missed a clear offside one night um, cup semi-final um, a player went down injured and I took my eye off the game to see how the injured player was and I missed an offside I didn't realise the time I'd missed it but I realised by the reaction of the players because it led to an equalising goal and then the team that equalised went on to win the game so the losers were, they were sore losers that night. Um, I saw the video after the game and I had I'd missed the offside. I would hold my hands up. Um, that night now was was difficult. But since that, thankfully, you know, no more.
1: Yeah, when something like that happens, I mean, do you feel like guilty or anything? But I mean, you only have, you know, two eyes and you can't see everything. And it's not yeah. like, you know, so you're not going to beat yourself up over it, right? do you? Or...
2: I lose no sleep over any decision, and that is the honest truth. You know, if if someone if someone's sent off and they're missing the next two weeks, I lose no sleep over that. Um, if I make a mistake, you have to get up and go on. Especially if you make the mistake early in the game. If you beat yourself up about it, you'll make more mistakes as the game progresses. So, my experience is that don't let it get to you. I mean, the game when the game finishes, the game finishes, and thankfully, normally. I can shake hands and get on with most of the teams after the game is finished
1: and in terms of players themselves have you ever had to stop players do you find that there's a lot of abusing of each other players or there's is there ever any like sectarianism between teams or racism or anything like that and have you have you found that at all over the years
2: no the the ifa and particularly mid-ulster are very very strict on a any sectarianism any racism um we're we're told straight away to to deal with it um you don't pass that on to someone else if you hear a comment you send someone off you put on a report and it's dealt with very very severely so really no there we don't see any of that now i hear stories from referees from years ago that it used to be terrible but thankfully not made day.
1: Yeah, have you found over the years, now you say you've been refereeing for, what, 12 years? Have you found that um, it, the things have changed over the years, like the attitudes of players, or even even in terms of you know fitness levels and stuff like that?
2: Oh, yeah. There's no question the standard has improved. The standard of... It, football in, in Northern Ireland is split into three sections. Junior football, which most teams play in, probably 90% of the teams play in junior football. That's parks football um the second tier then is intermediate and the final step up then is into senior football um and this the the standard has improved in all three not as markedly in junior football but certainly the teams that are moving from junior to intermediate are much better and the teams that are going from intermediate into senior football are ready for it they're prepared and they Te- technically they're much much better than they used to be
1: and does that make it easier to referee a game when it's not being, the ball's not being lumped around and they're not taking lumps out of each other
2: <laughs> yeah some sometimes it, it's difficult if you're on your own and a team is humping the ball from one side to the other because you're expected to be wherever the ball's at um, better teams put the ball down they knock it about and it's easier for you to work with them you get up the field as the play progresses up the field and you get back the same way um, so, yeah, it, 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 it tends to be the better standard the football is, the easier it is to referee, believe it or not.
1: Yeah. And wh- what about you, Lauren? Is, do you find the same now? Has the ladies' game improved a lot over the years? Or, you know, do you think there's a lot of, there isn't really a lot of publicity for the female game? And I don't know what needs to be done, but there seems to be, you know, Newry City ladies fell away. Um, you know, what, what needs to be done in terms of women's football?
3: Um certainly um just to answer the first bit, the standard of women's football has come on leaps and bounds. From how I started refereeing ladies' football ten years ago, the you know, the league was a lot smaller. There are more teams now. They definitely are playing a higher standard. They're recruiting more young girls now. Uh, certainly the IFA um from what I could see over the past few years has put more money into developing um the girls' football in school from grassroots. And I think really just the continuation really of, you know, getting into the schools, promoting right from primary school age, I think. Sometimes I find that a lot of um the ladies' football are maybe women only starting to play football, you know, certainly in their twenties, sometimes in their thirties, and it's more so just for a fitness thing and maybe getting out of the house. Um, whereas I think a lot of them would have liked to have been playing from they were younger, only I know personally for me, there was no team around me to play for when I was growing up. Um, it was one of probably the only sports that I didn't do. I was involved in quite a lot. So there was no, unless you were going to go and play with the boys, there was no soccer teams in the area. So I know there's a lot of areas like that. Whereas now, I think there's a lot of smaller clubs have begun, you know, starting definitely from under sevens, under nines. The women's football um, in the ladies' premiership, which is played every Wednesday evening, the standard of it has got quite high. Um, it's definitely played at a far faster pace than it ever was before. Um, the women can play the football just as well as the men can at that stage. You know, because I think sometimes a lot of people have this maybe preconception that it's not as good a standard of football, but certainly on a Wednesday evening, most of my matches are in Belfast on a Wednesday evening, it definitely is good football to watch, you know. So yeah. the standard is improving, and I think just there just needs to be more money spent on further developing it from a young age and getting girls playing football right from children, right through adulthood. And what about... Um
1: the um, the situation now with the, the the covid situation with the leagues getting off late and you know everything being a bit up in the air you know I know the intermediate they haven't even got their fixtures yet um, in the in the Irish league um, how has that been how has that affected mid Ulster football do you think
2: the the mid Ulster intermediate leagues they pioneered how to move forward on this they, but
1: they were the first ones to they, stop and the first ones to yeah
2: yeah they, they have been going from the 15th of august yeah um and that was saturday tuesday saturday tuesday throughout august and then right into september every saturday um thankfully they're still playing um, and, and they're all
1: being um well regulated have you found yeah. that the games are all you know been very compliant with the rules yeah. and
2: only only once in the games that I have done so far have I had to ask for the COVID officer for a club now every club has had to appoint a COVID officer and they must be in attendance during the games now only one game we had probably hundred and fifty or hundred and sixty spectators all came in just around kickoff or shortly after and they all stood in the one area and we had I had to stop the game Asked for the COVID officer, and he very, very quickly moved them around the pitch, and there was no problem. Every, we finished the game; everybody was compliant. People, I think people realise they have to do these things.
1: Well, it's the same, I think, in GAA. I mean, I know like all the GAA have stopped. Stopped now, the club games have all stopped. Everything is pretty much stopped. But any of the matches that I was at, and I was at quite a few in Armagh, um, everybody was very compliant. It seemed to the the problem seems to be as we all know now, is afterwards, it's when teams win, it's going yeah. celebrating afterwards. And I don't know how much I don't know how much um the sporting authorities can do about that. I mean, you know, there isn't really anything you can do about spectators and or teams even when they once they leave the ground, no. you know?
2: No, there's there's nothing that you can do about that. Um I I, I think personally as again I can only speak for Mid Ulster. They've done everything that I think it's possible that they could do. Um, and I would commend them for every effort that they've made. I think that some of the other leagues really want to take a look and use them as a template, and begin to get people out and playing again. So people are playing friendlies every week. Yeah. I can't really see what the difference is between playing friendlies and playing competitive.
1: Yeah, it's not as if the crowds are huge, you know, at this level. You know, Mid no. you're not you're not getting like huge. Realistically, you're not getting huge crowds at the games anyway. No. So it's not. But even
2: at the at the top level. They could get the games going ahead, in my opinion, and still, you know, have a, a, a limit to the number of spectators can be in a ground, depending on the size of the ground. You know, whether it's twenty percent of what would be their maximum, yeah. or whether it's even if it's only ten percent. Yeah, rather than having just ahead. flat numbers, it should yeah. be relative
1: to the size of the ground. That makes much more sense, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah.
2: A lot of the, a lot of the teams now have facebook pages and websites and they have webcams where if you can't actually get in to watch your team playing you can sit and watch them from the comfort of your own home you can watch the games it may not be ideal and obviously a lot of people want to go to see them but you'd rather watch them on a webcam than not get watching them at
1: all yeah yeah that's true and in terms of the rules the rule i'm thinking of specifically now would be the handball rule (laughs) i can Do we have any um issues with the handball rule or do you find it good or bad or um you know have you found it difficult to officiate with that it's i, I wants to, want to answer that question
3: <laughs> i can uh, tell by your uh, face, Lauren, I, actually. I suppose it's just um you make the call on the day and as you see it and um, you have one perspective and you have a split second to make that decision uh certainly i know every year I sort of have the same problem. The change to the laws of the game, because the women's game starts in the summer, I go from having games, women's game on a Wednesday till a men's new season game on a Saturday. So I'm flipping between old laws and new laws. So sometimes on a Wednesday for the ladies, I'm used to to the previous year's laws. And then when I go out on a Saturday, it does take me a split second to remember, right, okay, I'm actually on the new set of laws. So I'm switching between the two. And sometimes I can find that that throws me a bit, and on a Saturday sometimes when you make that split-second split, de- split second decision, particularly handball, um, sometimes it's going to go against somebody, it's going to go for somebody, and you're never going to keep everybody happy. Um, it is personal opinion, and it's personal perspective, you know, do you... You know, do you find that that's a natural position for the arm? Do you think it's not a natural position for yeah. the arm? Um, what way is that player fallen? Is it his landing arm? Is it not his landing arm? It just totally depends on what you see and how you see it. And obviously, the biggest part of that is your position,
1: you know? Yeah, but it must be so difficult to... Th- to, to see these things in like split seconds. I mean, it's not like you have, you know, Sky Sports there to, you know, record everything and you can have a look up at the, you, you know, the replay VAR. or the VAR or anything like that. You don't have that, which in some ways might be a good thing because then you can, you know, right. although I haven't said that, nowadays everybody's recording everything. So if somebody happens to be recording it on their phone or something like that and then it comes back, it comes back on you. But I mean, at the same time, you, you can only see what you can see.
2: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, we, we see every week on Sky Sports a handball that is given and an identical one the following week that isn't given. Even after the referee consults VAR and goes and has a look at the onside pitch camera, it, 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 some, some of the decisions beggars belief.
1: Yeah. We,
2: we, we could not sell some of those decisions on a Saturday. Absolutely no chance. Some of the handballs that are given, I think, are shocking. I really don't agree with, with a lot of them. Now, it doesn't help that there have been so many amendments to that particular law um, You know, as to what you're permitted to do and what you're not permitted to do, what is a handball, what's not a handball. And if we're struggling after, we're going and we're training um, in these laws of the game so if if we're struggling with them, then you can understand why players and yeah. management and spectators are struggling too. They just don't understand. On on that particular law, we need clarity.
1: And what about diving now? <laughs> I'm just after remembering um, a conversation I had with um, with a player after a game that I was at, and he had um, fallen. Um, he'd gone down. Was just right at the bo- right outside the box at the edge of the box, and the referee was on his way over. And there was a bit of a dispute whether it was actually a penalty, whether he was inside the box or whether he wasn't. And he said to me, "Now he clearly wasn't. He said to me afterwards, oh, my rolling skills aren't what they used to be.
2: Yeah, we, we call this simulation as opposed to diving. But it is diving, yeah. And some people are terrible at it. Some people try every week and they are terrible. They I suppose you get, get to away. know who they are, though, do you? Correct. Very, very quickly. You know those that will go to ground easy. And you know the people that if they're... Get them checked around the place that they refuse to go to grind.
1: Dif- so your dip- reputation re- your reputation precedes you when it comes to that. <laughs> well, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. The Carmain League are in a really bad situation at the moment in terms of um, not having referees. Um and I don't know, they're trying to they're trying to recruit referees. It kinda came to light a few weeks ago when they only had two games on because of COVID situation and they still had trouble finding referees. Do you think it's time for them to start trying to find some females <laughs> yes
3: well by the sounds of it i think they need both females and males in yeah. turn being but certainly females do need recruited yeah and there is a there is a recruitment drive that is on by the ifa they're currently doing actually an online course because of covid restrictions so obviously this would be the time of the year where they would be doing you know your in classroom and on the pitch practical sessions and things like that to to actually do your course but they've came up with um, this new concept of online course, certainly I have seen a few people have left reviews saying it was fantastic um, so it's definitely something that people would be interested in um, and getting the numbers up. I know in Mid-Ulster we tend to just have enough sometimes to sort of Cover all the games, but there is weeks where we could be doing with a few more to be honest and That way it would maybe give everybody a week off every so often <laughs> to sort of recharge the batteries
1: yeah, in terms of fitness now, I mean, you must be ultra fit. Being if you're, if you know, if you're refereeing like that all the time, you must it must take so much. Do you do anything apart from running around the field, or do you have a, a particular routine or anything like that?
3: Um. Well, actually, we just uh, had our fitness tests a number of weeks ago, probably
1: two, four two weeks, two, two weeks ago. Did you do those together? Yeah. Yeah, that's, we did.
2: Yeah. We, so, train, we train together for them. And we and do then, the, we do the fit, the fitness test together. That's as well. actually
1: lovely. That's the real bonding um, thing, isn't it? A real
3: I don't know yeah. if you would call it that or if we call it torture to be honest, but well, certainly comes, comes in between your... there somewhere. We
2: uh, we we did we did a final session before the fitness test out on our back lane um about two two and a half weeks ago. Um when we finished Lauren was lying absolutely prone, exhausted, <laughs> and I was standing over her and a car came round the corner up the lane. And the girl stood on the brakes and looked. And she could see, what has he done to this girl? And she literally stopped. And then she started to reverse back. And I said, you better get up quickly. So once Lauren got up, then she came on up the lane again. Yeah. But it, 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 must have looked, it must have looked terrible. Yeah, it
3: must
1: have looked a bit yeah.
3: dodgy, all right. It is, it is definitely up there with some kind of torture. But um, at the end of the day, you've passed your fitness test. So you need a fitness test from intermediate level up. Junior referees currently don't need a fitness test but obviously they're encouraged to do so Um, it can be hard yeah it can be challenging both mentally and physically actually um, but it's good to get it done and it just um highlights to everybody then that you have that level of fitness and you're fit to be where you are refereeing. Um, obviously match fitness you get that every Saturday which is why some of the other leagues that haven't started a lot of their referees have passed their fitness test but match fitness is a different type of fitness i think and um, you know even from your fitness test so to keep match fitness up you need to be able to do matches so matches certainly for me with the women's and the men's between the wednesdays and the saturdays always keeps me match fit obviously you have training sessions in between that but not matches you know sometimes a sprint session or a recovery session sometimes it's just what you need and then yeah there's other weeks where life just gets in the way and apart from your game there's maybe times i myself have two young children so Sometimes it can happen in a week that just between school and after-school activities and yeah. things like that, that there is some weeks go by where you just don't get anything done between matches, you know, so it just depends. And I suppose that's, you know, that's sort of where it falls for most people, you know, yeah. jobs. Well, what's,
1: the, what's the hardest part of, of refereeing then? Is it, is it being fit running around the pitch or is it seeing things or is it dealing with people? What, what, what would you find to be the most challenging?
2: In, in my opinion, by a long, long way, the most difficult thing is getting off sides correct you have got to be out wide on the pitch not in the center if you're in the center you're guessing you've got to get wide and sometimes it's very difficult when the player's coming through the center of the field and a ball's not long it's difficult to get out there so that you, if you're out wide you have a great perspective you have a panoramic view right across the pitch and you can see if someone's
1: yeah and you've got players calling for offside of course all the time just, of course yeah when, the when they
2: know an opponent isn't offside they're yeah. going to call anyway so you can't listen. You've got to make your own judgment. But when you make that decision, you've got to be in a decent position to make that. If not, So what
1: do you do if you're not? Then You, you can't call it if you can't see it. That's the No, that if,
2: if you're not out wide and you do call that, then you're opening yourself up to criticism.
1: Yeah.
2: People will say, how can you call that from there? If you're standing, looking right across, it's dead easy. People know you've got it right. Yeah. If you're in a poor position, experienced players will know that you are sort of guessing.
1: So what do you do in that situation?
2: You go with your experience, your judgment, and you be honest.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, If you go and you're honest and you give it your best, nobody can really criticise you.
1: Yeah. Is it the same for you, Lauren? Uh, Yeah,
3: um, definitely. I would agree that offside probably is the hardest one. Again, when I am doing the Women's Premier League, I do have assistance. So obviously that leaves it a bit easier for me. We tend to run... um, system whenever you have your assistance then obviously on a Saturday you go out you're by yourself you're making these judgment calls and nine times out of ten and um, if you are in the good wide position as that has been mentioned you can make the right call and certainly when you're in that position and people look over and can see that you've seen across the line they tend to just get on with it put the ball down and move sometimes if you're a bit out of position or you are caught in the middle which can happen and um, Or certainly a breaking ball, you could be caught from a corner at the far side and it's a breaking ball and you are guessing and everybody there knows that you're guessing and you're just trying to make an educated guess and go with your gut. Sometimes those are the ones that players, certainly if you're given offside, the attacking player is going to have something to say. And likewise then, if you're not given, you're saying no offside, play on. Then you have a defender and a keeper then that are obviously not happy. So... I think that probably is the hardest call between it and handball, as we've already mentioned, yeah, yeah. which is obviously just on somebody's perspective.
1: Yeah. So there's no sign of... Um, you implied that you were um, fitter than Lauren there when she was lying prone on the ground, and you weren't. So um, no sign of you hanging up your, your whistle yet? No, not,
2: not yet. As I said, I, I've 12 years... You know, it, some people may think that's long enough. I've met so many... Really, really nice people through refereeing. Why would you quit? What I would say is for anybody out there that is playing football and is maybe not doing as well as they think they should do, they should really consider taking up refereeing. We have two teams of referees. One of them is in France at the minute. They're doing an international friendly tomorrow night. And we have another team leaving on Sunday to go to do an international in Kosovo. Now, these guys regularly travel to do Europa League games. You know, they could be they could be refereeing SE Milan or s- some some huge clubs. So it opens and,
1: up doors yeah, for you. It's,
2: it's a great it's a great career opportunity for some young people. Yeah. If you get into it young enough, um, one of the guys that started at the same time as Lauren, maybe a year or two after Lauren, um, and he struggled a bit to start with, he's now an international referee. He's doing really, really well. He has his own team with him. He brings normally the same two assistants and a fourth official away with him, and they're flown first class to their games. You know, they're they're really enjoying it. So there there is a career out there yeah. if you're good enough and if you're dedicated.
1: Yeah,
2: I I would I would advise somebody go go for it if you think that you could maybe do it or you're interested in doing it.
1: Yeah. And what about you, Lauren? You said you had two um, two children, so you've got your hands full. Are you going to stick stick with it? Uh, yes,
3: I've got my hands full. I sort of try and juggle a bit of everything, um, work life, referee, chill, child balance, I suppose. <laughs> um, but at this stage, I'm well used to juggling it. Um, I will continue to go on, and I'm hoping. Certainly, obviously, I'm still young, and I'm hoping that I'm going to get promoted. So, I'm hoping to move up into senior football. So,
1: fingers crossed. That's along the path somewhere for me and certainly well, clearly when you got that uh, you got the job of refereeing the final last year they must obviously think quite highly of you well
3: <laughs> yeah i suppose um that you know that was the way that it, it landed and it felt good that people were obviously thinking of you in that light and thinking that yes you are up to that challenge and you're up to those games and um, i actually have been involved in quite a few international friendlies um and, and I've done some of the Champions League qualifiers and World Cup qualifiers. So I've tasted that side of things. And it certainly is, there is a career out there for people that are willing to commit to it. So obviously, um, I have two children. So from my started refereeing, I've sort of taken two sort of career breaks um, in my refereeing, obviously. just So hopefully now I'm on the path to get to senior football and hopefully get that FIFA badge. So
1: that's the plan. Thanks, Well, I hope it works out well for you. Thank you. Thanks very much for talking to me, um, both of you. Thank You're you. You're very welcome. Yes. I mean. Thank you. As I mentioned earlier, I spoke with Ben Trainer and David Dawson after Bestbrook and Mindwell drew two all at Oryear Park a few weeks ago. The goals were from Lee Allen and Gareth Hughes for Bestbrook, and Neil Alderdice and Jamie Fletcher for Mindwell. These are two new clubs in Mid Ulster League and um, are contenders for the Division Three title. Um, both are unbeaten so far, with the Brook topping the table with four wins and this draw. They beat Armagh Rovers 10-1 last Saturday. Um, Minewell are four points behind. They're also unbeaten with three draws and two wins. They were knocked out of the Marshall Cup by Rich Hill last Saturday. Let's hear what the two managers had to say after their match about how they're finding Middlester football and also what Mindwell's ethos has brought to the game. So Ben, a draw with Mindwell? A draw,
4: yeah, that's um, it's our fourth league game now, so that's our first points dropped. But I have to be honest, I think it was a deserved draw. We didn't really... F- throughout the season, we started well against Lurgan Celtic, our very first game, one one but since that, we just haven't lived up to our expectations and it's probably a wee bit more difficult than we thought it was going to be. And teams are putting up against us, maybe thinking we're the team that we were in Junior Cup finals and won semi-finals. The boys need us maybe start working that wee bit harder digging that wee bit deeper so we're not getting it all our own way let's say that but for a result today one each or two each sorry but um, we we missed a penalty but we scored from the resultant corner so we can't say two all and missed a penalty but you know the boys just it was just a case of maybe believing it a wee bit too late in the game we started very tentatively and they had a lot of chances luckily Connor our keeper he pulled us out of a hole on more than one occasion there Connor today Connor Ruddy Connor Ruddy but now uh, no, fair result and it's great to see a good crowd and the good the good ethos that Mindwell bring. It's there's a wee bit of a collection here today, so it's good to see them in the league and it's a couple of star names but that uh, some of the locals want to come out and see. But yeah, to each fair result we
1: In general, how's it, how have you been finding um life um in Ulster compared to Carnival League?
4: Yeah, we've been enjoying it. We've been enjoying the setup and the just the um you know the change of scenery, different teams, different pitches different referees you know I've been involved in baseball for a long time and you just you know you see the same faces and maybe you get a bit complacent And but it's just good to see different have different experiences and prob- travelling isn't a problem not as yet our two away games have been Lisbon and Drumore, so straight up straight up the A1 so if you I drew and had two you, good results there two good results two yeah. wins travelling so far hasn't been an issue We have there's teams there maybe Castle Caulfield like that likes that Round and Gannon will be a wee bit more of a jaunt but so far, so good. We're enjoying it. We're unbeaten in the league. Put out of a cup competition, the Marshall Cup wasn't on our radar. Intermediate teams get involved in that, so that's a bit beyond us yet. But yeah, uh, it's been a few learnings, let's say that, you know, that that we have to take from it.
1: Yeah, and the Carmain League, um, I don't know if you've seen there, Appealing for referees, they're having, they're really struggling at the moment yeah. with referees. Do you think the referee situation? What do you think that's like in Mid It seems to be strong enough. It's very, yeah,
4: because a couple of referees were coming out and we're chatting to them and just about the COVID situation and they're just. I had asked how many referees. I think it was 106 in the Mid Ulster, so it's, it's huge, you know. And even when before the season, when friendlies, we just ring a number, and there's a there's a referees official, so to speak, that he organises it for you. So you don't have to go chasing referees. So, there is that we. What I'm finding that wee bit more organisation, yeah, professionalism. Yeah. But they have ma- you know, m- much, the, more the, more much more people involved. The much more people, they have much more money to do things. It's you know, as you say, it's people. They have a massive committee. I was on a couple of the committee meetings, or you know, the Zoom team secretarial meetings. Whenever like Paddy was, he couldn't make it. Paddy Duffy our secretary, and just the numbers of bodies there is is huge. You know, so it's yeah, it and is. it makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. Numbers is everything. Yeah. yeah. So now, so far, we're enjoying it, but yeah let's see what so happens. you think
1: you're you're hoping to push on do you think the league got finished i mean the way things are going at the moment with it's the COVID. Tough.
4: yeah it's tough to know actually we had you know we've we're down a few players ourselves through isolation or waiting on tests we're down four players a couple of players were tested positive from the four kill they weren't anywhere near us oh, this the two four weeks kill debacle. The four, let's blame four kill and <laughs> yeah. everything but yeah so they weren't anywhere near us because they were playing championship but you know we're without them or without two guys there's One's sister has tested positive, so he has to isolate. One's girlfriend has tested positive that he lives with, so they have to isolate. So it just seems to be coming in a lot more. So you're just wondering when, you know, how much more it'll it'll spread and yeah. can the games go ahead because teams will be down. And it probably, in mid-all, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, but it just maybe takes one one game to be cancelled. And then it's just a snowball effect. Yeah. There's a precedent set so i don't know i don't
1: yeah, know we can only just so can wait only and hope. hope that's all yeah i
4: suppose with the Irish league starting on the 16th of october i suppose the last thing Ulster want to do is start cancelling games and putting blanket cancellations there yeah. so
1: but they haven't even sorted out their intermediate league i mean no. the, the fixtures aren't out for that which is a bit strange but
4: well we can only do what we're doing and yeah. hold all we you know all our all our precautions which we do in furnace now we
1: i know we you've had sanitizer and everything hand, we there test there everyone the,
4: coming in there's a track yeah. and trace we, we do our, our thermometer, and even some of the referees are saying, "God, this is the first time this has happened."
1: All right. Well, thanks a million, Well, Barry. thank you very much, Elaine. Okay. I'll All right. Talk to you again you. soon. Hopefully, after a win. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, David, Elaine from ArmI Just was wondering, trying to catch up. How you think it's been going so far? You know, I know today was a draw, but in general, how have?
0: In general, things are uh, they're taking shape. On and off the park, we've, uh, we've signed and, and bolstered the squad a bit there to make it a bit stronger. You know, obviously there are the likes of, uh, we've signed Jamie Smith there recently. Yeah, that's right, And, uh, yeah. you know, we're, we're looking to add two or three more. And he more. scored
1: recently too, didn't he? He did, he
0: scored and then, unfortunately, he got injured. So, oh he no. got injured literally five minutes after he scored, he came off injured. Jamie will be out for probably five, six weeks. So, oh, that's true. Um, unfortunately, that's where we are at the minute. With regards to players, we'll be looking to add another two or three this week. All been well, and um, and bolster that squad with youthful legs, if you want to put it that way. We're working with a squad there now that uh, they're they're the wrong age of uh, of starting off their careers or at the end of it. Um, but in
1: fairness they've all had stellar careers in the first place well, we, we <laughs> so up. they were coming from a good starting if, place if
0: i had won the half of what those boys have won, i'd be a happy man but um they're, they're all still hungry they've all got that desire still to win so as long as they've got that in their belly you know that fire still in there played five or were unbeaten we've won two and drew three games Um the day is a bit disappointing there don't get me wrong Do you I mean,
1: think two all was a fair result though
0: no no. <laughs> no, I think I think I think if you look back in reflection in the first half, we could have been three, four, five up, and I think they would agree with that. Now they have scored from two set pieces. Yeah, you know they haven't broke us well, down. I guess
1: the penalty. Well, the penalty was saved, but yeah. then they scored. From and then the- they scored
0: from the set piece. Yeah. Um, you know, so as as far as a defensive unit goes, I think we're really solid at the minute. The boys are doing well. So looking on reflection in the game, we've got a point away from home, and it's and it's positive. But um, on another day. It could have been could have been three points. So you're
1: enjoying your time now, just starting in um, in, in Middlestar. How are, you, how are you finding it? Yeah,
0: you know, it is what it is. You have to start off at the bottom, work your way up and stuff. And all the teams, you know... The, the they're giving us a good game, you know. They try to play football the right way, and there's no there's no bad teams, you know. In Division Three, it's a very very tough league, and uh, I think you would be disrespecting a lot of clubs if you, if you were thinking that games were going to be easy because they definitely haven't been. You know, they've been competitive. You know, teams have tried to play football the right way, you yeah. know, and and that's positive for the game of football in general. You know, that, that's what you want. You don't want to come down and watch a game of football where it's up in the air all all the time, and it's not fancy to watch. But um, teams play right, you know. Play proper football in my opinion on the floor and, and it's nice it's, it's good for people coming down watching you yeah, know see, nice seeing football see. you know being played the, the correct way
1: and the whole ethos of your club it's you know it's really nice and it's really unusual they seem to have a nice vibe about the whole club
0: the boys are all there for each other it's like no club that i've ever been at and um, see the togetherness boys on and off the park you know if boys can uh, help each other in any way off the park they're only a fun call away and and that togetherness is, is incredible. You see there even when the score of the second goal, you know, the joy, you yeah. know, they're all together. They all celebrate together, you know, one off the pitch. And, um, you know, we have a wee WhatsApp group and stuff there and, you you know the bounce off each other you know the banter and the, and the jokes and stuff on the, on the whatsapps yeah. you know it's good it's good for the boys uh, and you know it, it helps them too you know it would be a nice
1: thing if um, you know this kind of thing could spread to maybe the younger through younger teams because if it could start off like that it would be so it would be just so nice and so helpful because you know yeah
0: we see without a doubt mental health hasn't got an age you know yeah. kids struggle you know, even, you know even from an early age you know kids have, well, have mental health that's funny where a girls. lot of
1: times it starts it off starts off,
0: you know, and it spirals in as you get older and it hits the wall at some point, you know, in your life. But um, that's what I say, we try to help anyone, anyone who needs help, we'll give them that help. You know, You know, we'll have that links, Charlie and Lurgan. Yes. you know, we're connected with them and they're very, very good at what they do and uh, that's what I say, we've got the right group of people, you know, at the right stage of their careers now. Where are enjoying football again, you know, and yeah. they've got that smile back in their face and, and they feel comfortable, you know, they feel comfortable, which is, which is great. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much
1: for talking to me, today. Not a bother at all. Thank all you very right. much. Bye. All the best. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Eye on the Ball. If so, subscribe to our podcast and to Arma Eye. If you've any suggestions about what you'd like to hear or any comments at all, feel free to send us a message or leave a comment. And I hope you'll join me next time for The Eye on the Ball.
0: Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 028 223. Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan.